Today on the ZabeCast, well, 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 looky here. The NFL draft came and went, and it was smooth as a baby's bottom. And dare I say it, a lot more fun. Charts joins me. He was all over the draft. We'll hit all the high notes, including Belichick's dog, as well as other stuff. All that plus a Festivus miracle for me when it comes to chipping. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Zabe is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Monday, April 27, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Perhaps the easiest joke, the lowest hanging fruit of the draft had to be Bill Belichick's adorable dog. What looks like a miniature Siberian Husky sitting attentively at his table, basic table, no team logos, nothing fancy. Looks like some rental cottage out on Nantucket. And the dog sitting there looking at the uh, laptop with Belichick nowhere to be found. And then he walks in and gives it a treat. Some owners teach their dogs how to fetch. Belichick teaches his dog how to draft. It is the easiest, lowest hanging of fruit, and I'm sure many people made a thousand memes about it on Twitter. I only wish there was a certain guy that did a very funny Bell Belichick to be on my afternoon show that we could have riffed with about this. You see, people? This is why when you send me emails saying, I don't like the show anymore. It's no good. I'm not listening anymore. Why'd you get rid? Why'd you get rid of Sal? You fucking kidding me? Don't you understand what this is doing to me as well? God, sometimes I just okay. I digress. So yeah, Belichick and his dog easily one of the more interesting things of the draft, including my doppelganger Bill O'Brien getting pissed off, storming away from his desk at the last second, leaving his kid to sit there. Just looking scared out of his mind, like, oh boy, dad's mad. Dad's mad. Don't don't say anything. Just just sit here. Apparently somebody had backed out of a deal at the last minute with the Texans, which is dumb on their part because you should never, ever back out of a deal with Bill O'Brien. <laughs> if he's willing to deal with you, chances are it's a great deal. Pull the trigger. Anyway, as I saw that, I go, God, I look just like that fat dumb fuck. Just like, I mean, I really am a doppelganger. I could absolutely get a Texans hat, some Texans gear, and just go to town. All I need is the little, you know, chin dimple, but that's about it. Unbelievable. Anyway, more to unpack with the draft with Charge in just a second. The numbers, though, are in for the draft. The three-day total made it the most watched draft ever with over 55 million viewers. That's up 35% from last year. Apparently, Goodell sent a note to the league and the staff saying, honestly, I think this is our finest, the finest hour in league history. In 100 years of the league, this might have been it. Maybe. I mean, he might have been caught up in the moment. He might have already had a couple of cocktails as he became more and more chillax Roger as the draft went on. But he is right. It was the right thing to do from a logistic standpoint. Press ahead. Can we do the draft? Yes, we can. Well, then why are we going to fucking wait? Because if we wait, who knows what else is going to come up? It's going to send the rest of the offseason 
into a tizzy. And we may need some flexibility later in the offseason when it comes to our programs and training camp and anybody else. So let's if we can do it, let's do it. Okay, good. Smart. They did it safely. Smart. We loved it as fans. We needed it. We drank it up. And they got huge numbers. Oh, and they also raised $100 million for charity. All I can say one more time, as loud as I can, fuck Adam Schefter to the moon and back. Virtue signaling little simp that he is. Oh, I can't believe he's doing this carnage in the streets. Fuck off. He should be fired, rehired, fired again, and then fired for good after that. It was the right thing to do. They did it safely. They did it well. We loved it. They got huge numbers, and they raised $100 million. I make this vow to you right now. If I ever run face-to-face with Adam Schefter, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to say, you are the worst. You really are. I'm going to go Stewie Griffin on Matthew McConaughey. I'm like, you're just so lame. Oh, and I, I don't know if this made the Zabe cast or not. I think it did. He sent out a tweet, Schefter. That said, boy, this feels like this feels great. It's the first big sports event we've had in weeks. And then he had to send a, a follow-up tweet going, I mean, of course, except for the WNBA draft. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. What a fucking pussy and a phony. <sighs> okay. Trent Williams, the saga is over. Uh, Charge is going to have more to say on this because he was almost a Viking and the deal fell through. Quite a dramatic Friday into Saturday morning. And basically, by the time I got on my mower, he was not yet traded. And by the time I got off my mower, he had gone to the Niners. I love this little uh, exchange that Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch captured on Redskins Nation television show. Larry Michael, always the loyal team, always the team loyalist, says to one Adrian Peterson, former Oklahoma Sumer teammate of Trent Williams, well, you know, pal, Trent goes to San Francisco, good for both parties, right? Peterson. Was it best for both parties? <laughs> Trent sent out a note saying, I'm just glad it's over with a spelling mistake in there, which I always just shake my head at. Like you, you really couldn't take a second to read and reread and show your phone. And go, like, is this, is this right? Did I miss any words here? He sends out a note that says, basically, I'm glad it's over. I still had great times, Redskin fans, and feel the love back there. And I'm like, there's, there's no love. There's no love. It didn't just end badly at the last minute because you and the team couldn't come to terms. You dragged this thing out for 18 fucking months. And we got back, all we got back was a fifth and a third. And most of that is the problem that, you know, Bruce Allen is a complete dick who fucked the team and didn't handle this right. And the only good thing Trent did was he helped get Bruce fired. That's it. But we didn't win anything with Trent. And... People just overlooked the fact that he got suspended for weed uh, for a second test, which is really a intelligence test more than it is a, hey, can you stay off the bong for just a few weeks when you are tested and you're in the program? Yeah, he played hurt for us a lot. He was great. He was our best left tackle since Jacoby in his prime. But how it ends is how it ends, and that colors everything. That To me, this I don't have any warm and fuzzies for old number 71 now that he's a niner. None whatsoever. So it's over. I'm glad a fifth and a third from the Niners sounds about right. And uh, Guy Gazunt, as Andy would say, 
about Trent Williams. Go with God. I don't, I'm not super angry at him because I think it took two to tangle on this when it comes to how they fucked it up. But none of this, oh man, I still remember him fondly. Not me. Not me. It ended badly. And that's that. Kyle Smith uh, for the Redskins doesn't technically have the title of GM, but many people are saying he should. He was forthcoming, transparent, answered questions, and seemingly had a real good command of, here's what we're trying to do and here's how we're trying to do it. And he might have made some really good picks along the way. More on that in a second. I don't know if it matters that they give him the GM job, but clearly he's got a big voice in the organization. I think Rivera trusts him, so that's a wonderful thing to see. For years, having to put up with Bruce, who never talked to the media about team decisions. Kyle Smith, congratulations. Very nice. Now, before we get to charge, one quick non-football thing. Apparently, you can play Sawgrass right now. TPC Sawgrass, the famed home of the Players' Championship, the home of the PGA Tour. You can play TPC Sawgrass for a discount. Why? Because of coronavirus? No. Uh, because they are doing a little bit of work on the on the course. Oh, okay. Well, what's the discount? Well, it's normally $500, but you, what? Yeah, 500 bucks. But you can play it for 350 now. Oh, eh, it's a lot of money, but you know what? I do want to take that off my bucket list. All right, what's the uh what's the construction again? Uh no big deal. I mean, they just, you know, 17's not a hole anymore. It's it'd be under repair. What? Yeah, no, the Island Green is, you're just going to skip that one. It's like 17 holes. What? Yes, uh, the Island Green is being renovated, and it is closed until July 5th. So, yeah. That is not playing Sawgrass the way you should. Um, that, that it would be the equivalent of, I just had a text charge here. He's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm getting to you. That's like Augusta without 13. Would you play it anyway? Probably because it's hard to get on, but still, it would be very unsatisfying. It'd be like Pebble without 18. It'd be like um, be like St. Andrews without the road hole. I mean, it'd be like having sex with Scarlett Johansson, but you've got to put a bag on her head. You can't look at her. Well, I still would do it. Can I brag about it? Can I take a picture? Yeah, but it'd just be some woman with a hot body with a bag over her head. Could be a hooker. Like... No one's going to believe you. I mean, that's the sawgrass without 17. Hmm. Interesting. Drainage. What, what do they got to deal with? The dra- I guess they're going to drain the whole pond. Maybe they're draining the pond to get every golf ball out of it. I know they've got divers that do that, but yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're just draining the pond. They're not working on the green. I'll have to ask my friend down there. Uh, Spence, what's going up? What's going on at 17 at Sawgrass? All right, let's see if I can't time this better. All right, here we go. Let's just see. Okay, we're going to let it ring first. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. One more ring. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Here we go. Hit it, it. Ready, charge? Ready, Can you not hear the music? Is it not feeding down the line? Or No, I can hear it. I okay. can hear it. I was singing along. You, I just you were singing I just along. Can't, I just can't hear the. I just can't. I can't hit those high notes. Okay, 
Well, you I'm, weren't you weren't hitting it in rhythm, but that's okay. Well, you know, it's not my fault that electrons move at the speed of light. We're bouncing off several towers and up to oh, the satellite and everything. Take you off. Know. Hey, hey, Ozer, take off. <laughs> All right. We have got so much to chew on when it comes to the NFL draft. Let's start with this. Was this better than the old way? Because that's a popular theme circulating on social media. I thought it had way more color to it because I, you know, I thought it was great when they would cut to Mike Zimmer and you're looking at this living room with a giant hearth and three dead animals mounted up on the wall and, you know, getting a peek at everybody's lives and their kids. And, you know, to me, I don't necessarily need to see the kids making the stroll up onto the stage, holding a jersey with a one on it and being asked the same three questions when they get off the podium that they all right. get asked. And, and I didn't I, I didn't need that. I thought there was this just felt more human to me. Right. And I, 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 I frankly, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying they should absolutely go back to that, but I just I, I hadn't I thought it was it was executed flawlessly. I didn't miss the old way at all. And I felt like I, I got a little sneak peek into the lives of all these people. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think it makes me a voyeur. I thought it was pretty cool. What did you think? I, I would agree with that. Uh, first of all, they're, they're not going to scrap the traveling road show that this event has become because there's no, too much money. money in it. But yeah. I think they may add some elements. They may incorporate some of the elements they did into next year's draft with the live show. The thing that you mentioned, and I, heard this uh, and I saw this written as well. And I agree totally is that this draft absolutely pierced the bubble of the NFL's faux seriousness with war rooms and big boards. (laughs) And look at all the people we have on the deck of the USS enterprise running this complicated operation. No, no. It was GMs with their kids bouncing around the room. It was Belichick's dog in front of the laptop. (laughs) And I, you know what? And I thought it was better because of it. And by the way, has Roger Goodell ever just looked more human? And, you know, he, he seemed like just a guy. And I I like that. You know what? You're right. I thought it was better that way. For the first time in my life, seeing him, I didn't want to punch him. (laughs) like normally he is on permanent punchable status but for this night as he kept on getting more and more (laughs) relaxed in his chair with his feet up and then he had a t-shirt on by day three (laughs) you're like wow this guy might not be the biggest dick in the world after all but we know he is it humanized him a lot i think off camera on that second night uh i think i think he was sipping a lot of whiskey (laughs) <laughs> because by the end of the night, he was start. You know, the eyes were starting to droop. He was slurring a little bit. Those tricky names were coming up, and and he was starting to. He was slouching down in the lazy boy. Yeah, getting yeah. comfortable. I like that. Now, and the other part that I thought was great is instead of Henry Ruggs being uh, behind the curtain in the green room, and now he's he was he's out with in a he's room. At home. In his robe, in his bathrobe, because it was not it was not in their bathrobe for the draft. Right, and so you get to see all these guys with their hanger irons, and uh, I think there must have been some kind of rule on the number of people, right? Yes, because it was ten or less. All, it was it was eight yeah. or less, I believe. And of course, Karen Florio, 
who is the world's number one Karen when it comes to snitching on people during this time, said, well, I noticed a number of agents violated their stay-at-home orders. <laughs> Fuck they- you, Florio. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it was like eight guys. But no, it was cool to see the family members. And, it was. And, and that was good. And you're right. And when they're in the draft you know, area and they're ready to go out on stage, it's different. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's also manicured and it's also just so for TV and to make sure that nothing goes wrong and nobody's going to embarrass themselves. I thought this was way better. And by the way, man, these kids, they already got advances. They're they're already living a good life. I mean, how many people, (laughs) most of those shots weren't from some two bedroom apartment like a lot of these kids grew up in. And these these kids are have already got advances on their first and second round bonuses. And they are living a good life because most of those houses look pretty darn nice. Yeah. And then, of course, they can all aspire to be Cliff Kingsbury rich. Cliff Kingsbury won the draft with that house. Somebody, if you know a Zillow address or a Zillow listing, I want to voyeuristically peep that crib in Arizona because mm. it looked sick. Somebody oh. on the internet made a Lego version of it. <laughs> no way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love people. That's people awesome. There's funny lines to be had. Somebody, there was a picture of him uh, standing in the giant sliding glass door out to the patio on his phone. It was just kind of his silhouette. And yeah. somebody captioned it with, no, I'm not worried about the DEA. I've got 10 armed men out front. Why would I worry? <laughs> like he was some Pablo Escobar drug lord. And I said, God, that is so perfect. Uh, All right. It really is. So let's get down to the draft itself. Let's start with your Vikings. They took a record 15 guys. Yes. Dave, what, it was crazy. What are you going to do with 15 guys other than cut seven of them? Exactly. Exactly. And that was my frustration all draft long. So they started the draft with 12. Then they get they made a pick at 22. Then at 25, they traded down six spots with San Francisco and they picked up two more picks. And I'm thinking, now you got 14. That's already two. I don't know who needs more picks. But as it turns out, they get the they they said and I asked Rick Spielman this uh, directly on Friday morning. What did you take the same guy at 31 that you were going to take at 25? And he said in a, in a heartbeat, he said, yes. So, and I believe that's true. So, um, you know, they got two free picks. So then they get to the bottom of the fourth round and the saints offer you the rest of their draft for your fourth round pick. I just think it got to a point where you're like, it's such a good deal. Okay, we'll take it. So they did that. They turned two of their later picks into 2021s, and they just drafted a slew of dudes. And I think they're just, you know, there's a team with a lot of holes, and so they they just figured they're going to throw warm bodies at it, and fine. Maybe some of these guys work out better than we think they will. But what they didn't do that bugged me is you got all this draft capital, move up. Move right. up. Turn your third third rounders into second rounders and your fifth rounders into fourth rounders and go get higher quality players. Yeah. Spielman never does that. He's all about the move down. That's assuming, of course, that you can discern the good players from the not-so-good players. And I'm not convinced that even these experts can do that. Beyond the top 15 guys in any draft, I'm not convinced that it isn't one giant fucking crapshoot. Well, if you look at the success rate of the players that go mid-round and later – you know, usually you get like 10% of them are meaningful and like 25% make a roster. And I mean, it's bad, bad. So you do wonder. And almost nobody just like houses a draft where they hit like six out of seven. 
picks are really good. Right. It almost never it almost never works that way. Now, then on the other side of that, we've got your Green Bay Packers. Well, the Packers, uh, this is going to be very contentious with my listeners because on the one hand, you could say with Gutekunst, oh, well, he took Jordan Love. Okay, you know, and by the way, I don't think I mentioned this on the Zabecast because I had taped Jay and then I had gone to bed. The first round was not over. The Jordan Love thing is a complete fucking idiotic move, but let's put that aside. Not drafting any wide receivers after that. And drafting How? another running back is fucking malpractice. And, and especially, if, it, yeah, go ahead. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would think about demanding a trade right now. I'd say, well, clearly you have no desire to help us. Now, Rodgers can't do that because he wants to maintain his image. And it would cast a negative light on the receivers he has now. You know what I mean? You have to kind yeah. of play along with them. I like the group we have. The group they have, aside from Adams is pedestrian at best. They're pedestrian and they're sort of show flashes. They look great in the team sweats getting off the plane because they're tall and athletic. You're like, fuck, how are we going to guard these guys? And the answer is fairly easily because none of them are standouts. <laughs> um, what makes the draft even more baffling to me, those early picks? So Jordan Love, is, you've probably already, you've discussed it to death probably, although, and, I, and by the way. Not on this I'm forum not, here. So okay. go ahead. So, so the problems here are many. A, this was the absolute earliest anybody would have projected Jordan Love to be taken anyway, and you didn't need to trade up. I mean, the tr- they bypassed every team they bypassed to trade up to get Jordan Love didn't need a quarterback. I know. So there's that. Then you've got a pure developmental guy who everybody believes needs to sit for a couple of years to work out all the problems he's got. Meanwhile, the advantages that you normally have of taking a rookie quarterback, namely that cheap rookie contract, get evaporated over those years. So if it's going to if you think Aaron Rodgers got three good years left in him and Jordan Love's not going to play till year four, you just burned away all these cheap contract years on Jordan Love. Absolutely asinine. Then A.J. Dillon widely regarded as a seventh round talent pro football focused had him as him as an undraftable player as somebody you would pick up after the draft then they come back with a tight end josiah degora hold, hold on who, just for those that did to be specific aj Dillon was the running back the packers selected in the second round that second you said round. was a seventh round projection and he's running back out of he is a running back out of Boston College. Yeah, that noted football factory. 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 Boston running back College. factory. Right. Okay. Um, then, go ahead. Then the Packers come back with Josiah DeGora De and Pro Football Focus. Again, I'm just using them as one reference here. Had him as a sixth-round projection and pick number 191. And it, it's just baffling. And yeah. It's just, you know, then running back, quarterback and running back, this is a team that went to the NFC Championship game, had had really big holes to fill, linebacker, wide receiver, didn't address line, linebacker until the fifth round and never addressed wide receiver. I, I just, it's baffling. I mean, yeah. just, it's this, it's a stunningly inexplicable draft that anybody with a modicum of football intellect can look at and go, what the fuck happened? And yet there are Packer hoopleheads who will defend the move with this premise. Well, that's what they did with Rodgers. And I yeah. I pull out my non-existent hair, I wish I had, George, and scream to the heavens saying, that's not how this works. Your <clears throat> narrative chasing 
from something that was a fluke, a wrinkle in time, a lucky bounce of football fate. You're, you're going to try to, oh, this is how we did it before. The, the way that I argue against this love thing is very simple. I say to the people who defend it, so what do you hope will happen? And when you frame it that way, oh, you should see him stammer because you make them explain <laughs> what they hope will happen, not what could happen or here's the theory behind doing it or here's what might go down. No, no. You tell me what you hope for. And when you start to uh, actually put words together about what you hope would happen, it makes no sense because if you defend it, you say, well, hopefully Rogers, uh, plays a couple more years and then love will be ready. And then we can just transition from Rogers to love. Oh, so you're not counting on winning a Super Bowl in the next two years. Well, I didn't say that. Well, they could. Oh, so you, re- so you replace a guy that won you another Super Bowl with years left on him with a guy who may suck. Well, no, you don't know if he's going to suck. Okay. Let's refocus. What do you hope is going to happen? And when you say it that way, You can't elaborate anything that doesn't sound fucking stupid. And yet Gouda Kunst is all bought in. I don't know what he's hoping for. Is he hoping that Rodgers only plays two more years? Does he really think that Jordan Love can be a replacement level quarterback to Rodgers even at 39? What shit is he smoking exactly? I'll hang up, Charge, and listen to your answer off the air. I'll give you another one to, to anybody who tries to draw the comparison to Alex, uh, the Alex Smith year when uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers dropped whatever 22 picks. Keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers, it was Alan, Aaron Rodgers or Alex Smith as the first player taken in the draft. Right. Nobody was talking about Jordan Love as the first player taken in the draft. The question was whether or not any team would be brave enough to use a, a first round bottom of the first round pick on him. Nobody was talking about him as a first as the first player taken kind of talent. And that's Aaron Rodgers was. It just happened that that a bunch of teams, several teams made a mistake. He fell in the draft and you you hit it exactly right. That was a fluke, an absolute, and, and Goody chased a fluke. Yeah. A crazy, crazy. Well, the, other, the other thing too is that, uh, and I hear this from even some of my colleagues at 97.3 The Game, and I un- don't understand why they think this way. They go, well, you know, last year they didn't have a, a first round pick contribute, and they still went to the NFC title game. And I'm like, no, what dumb shit logic is that hey we did something unproductive last year that was take a zero <laughs> we took a zero with our first round pick and Rashawn Gary and we still made it almost to the Super Bowl so guess what that means you can do it again no yeah. it means stop doing that <laughs> you can't we need strategy well that is it that is you get you get lucky if you can you can manage to survive without that you can't you can't live on no first round pick charge this is part of what people have warned me about called entitled town with mm-hmm. some packer fans they live not entitled to but entitled town where it's like everything to do is genius oh we're so good this is great last year's season for the packers was a downhill downwind season that was mostly propelled by Aaron Jones with a lot of touchdowns having a great year and virtually no injuries downwind downhill year and they still got crushed in the title game yeah. they were not yeah. as good as they think they were 
Um, I agree with that. Not just because I'm in Minnesota. You know, I think Minnesota's and I think Minnesota's going to have a down year. I think Packers going to be down from last year. I think both teams are are trending the wrong way. So are the Bears. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so wait. I, I, so wait. That's then the Lions being the Lions. Everyone's trending. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Whole division's trending down. Whole division <laughs> trending down. Uh, right. One last thing. One last thing in Green Bay. Their pick. Their fifth round pick uh, was finally go linebacker. The kid, a kid from Minnesota, Kamal Martin. Uh, I'm here in Minnesota, watched a lot of Gophers football because they were unusually good. Nobody thought he'd be drafted. We were like, you know, he and pro football focus had an undrafted grade on him as player number 232 on their draft board. Wow. That's something else right there. By the way, on the Redskin front, <laughs> yes, apparently we'll talk about the Trent deal that went that did not happen in a second. I want your thoughts yes. on that. But somebody tweeted that uh, I guess their NFL.com app did this. It popped up as soon as the draft was over. It said possible mock 2021 draft. Who was number one? The Redskins. And who would they take? (laughs) Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Imagine getting that on your phone as a team. You're feeling pretty good about your team. And you're like, oh, shit. The league's own site thinks that you're going to have the first pick in the draft next year. But you know, you know what though, bro? We we have we have the lowest over under win total tied with uh, the Jaguars at four and a half. So oh. so the league still thinks we stink, but eh, so yeah. be it. Okay, so Trent almost got traded to the Vikings on but, yeah, Friday now, night. I've got I have some steam for you from our side. I'd be interested to see if it hooks up with what you have. My understanding is that the Vikings and the Redskins had a, an agreed upon deal. It was those two had worked it out and the, you know, the package was right. And what was it by the way? Do you know the compensation? I don't, I don't know the details. Was it better than was, a third and a fifth? Was, no, um, I oh. heard it was roughly third and fifth. So that's almost exactly what I had heard. Okay. Um, and that they couldn't get Trent to sign a deal that they could live with. And that his his asking price and the new deal was too rich for right. the Vikings, so the Vikings had to drop out. Yeah, that sounds about right. He he apparently didn't want to play there either, and he wants more money. And I think he felt like he had a warmer seat with Kyle having played for him. Yeah, for sure. And the potential if he plays well this year to get a contract that he likes. Trent is a liar. Okay. He's a great left tackle when he's healthy, but he's also a liar and he's not that smart. He got busted for weed after he was already in the program. So he had to sit Mm -hmm. out a number of games. That's a basic intelligence test. And when he came in the league, he got this amazing necklace of a gorilla because that was his nickname in college. And it was all iced out with diamonds and everything else. And I'm just like, okay. That said, uh, I don't care where he goes. I'm just glad it was over. We kind of rode the done. stock down to almost nothing. Yeah. And yeah, you probably you probably made out well. Who knows if he can still play? He hadn't played in 18 months. He's got a chunk out of his head like a divot from an eight iron. Guy almost died of <laughs> cancer. Yeah. My, my wife couldn't understand. She's like, well, don't the team doctors like make sure that he goes gets these checkups? Because I said, Trent said the team told him don't worry about it. The team said, oh, no, we said you should worry about this. Please go see a specialist. And he blew that off. Oh, really? Yeah. And my wife said, said, doesn't the team sort of babysit this kind of thing? And I said, they do and they don't. I said, you got to realize a lot of these players are fucking lazy and they don't follow through on shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. 
And I think that's what happened to Trent. He's like, yeah, I guess I got to go see a specialist. And then didn't until it was almost too late. Anyway. Oh, geez. All right. A right. uh, couple yeah. other things. Uh, Panthers take all defense. Matt Rule said, whoops, wasn't on purpose, but okay. How does anything in the draft happen not on purpose when you've been planning singularly for three months to execute a draft? How can anything happen not on purpose? Belichick said he did not draft a quarterback not on purpose either. It just didn't go that way. And he didn't draft a wide receiver either. So, which, by the which were two key needs for that team. Yeah, Belichick. And by, I got I got hammered. I said this on the radio, and I got hammered for it by a bunch of people on Twitter. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand behind this. Head coach Bill Belichick gets betrayed by general manager Bill Belichick all the time. Manager Bill Belichick is not that good of a drafter in particular. And I mean, and think, I mean, and by the way, even your midseason acquisitions, look at Mohamed Sanu. He traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. My God, he could have had an amazing wide receiver in the second round. That's a good point. He got, he got a crap crap. He got a, he got a, a just league average receiver for a second round pick. His draft picks have been bad, really bad. And that roster has been held together by Tom Brady and Belichick's guile for a long time. And it's all coming to an end here. So who remind me who their starter is now in New England for next year. It's Jared Stitham. That's right. That's right. Stidham. <laughs> Stiffum. Stidham. So it's, the Jared Stidham era begins. Could he be tanking for Trevor? Oh, for sure he could. And he's got the roster to do it. The roster is awful. And look, I, you know, I know they won a bunch of games. And I know they went to the playoffs. Tank? It's bad. Would kind the of maybe yes? Patriots I mean, allow Kenny? That, that would be fascinating. The one in fifteen Patriots. Belichick is like, oh, we didn't, we didn't play very good. Uh, we've won one game, and uh, we're just mm-hmm. gonna have to, mm-hmm, yeah. All right, uh, we got that to talk about. The uh, yeah. the Eagles take Jalen Hurts, and they think he's gonna be like their Taysom Hill. I liken this to buying a neat toy that you instantly regret at Christmas or for your birthday. It's not that Hurts won't be good. But I want to know the wins above replacement for a novelty quarterback who's going to be a goal line sort of gadget guy. It can't it's, be very many. Exactly. In the second round, you're, you got it's pick 53. The guys who go at pick 53 are every down starters. You know, these are guys that you can count on to come in and play a meaningful role on your team. And this is a team that had a lot of need. They needed a wide receiver. They filled that in the first round. But they needed cornerback help. They needed safety. They needed to refresh their offensive line. They need a lot of stuff. And they took a quarterback who can't really pass, can can run a little bit. I don't know. I don't think he can catch like Taysom Hill can catch. So it's a baffling, baffling pick. He has, he has like no promise to develop into an NFL caliber every down passer. Yeah. None. I mean, it's just a, 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 an astoundingly weird and bad pick, I thought. Thaddeus Moss was not drafted. The Redskins have signed him to an UDFA deal, not for very much money. How does the son of a Hall of Famer, in a position that everyone's looking for at tight end, off a SEC national championship team not get drafted? I know. I, I I mean, everybody assumed that he would go, if only on name recognition and, you know, pedigree, but uh, didn't obviously didn't end up happening. And um, I, you know, I, my understanding in talking to people that were closer to Randy around town here, which Randy's still plugged into town here, yeah. was that 
they pretty much knew that it was that there was a good chance he wouldn't get drafted. And if he did, it would have been because of the last name on the back of the jersey. So I think it worked out the way a lot of people thought it would. Nobody bid on nobody bid on the name on the back of the jersey. All right. One more quick thing, and then I'll tell you about Antonio Gandy Golden, and then we will finish out our draft talk. All right, good. What do you got? One more thing from the draft. Oh, one more thing for me from the draft. Yeah, if you uh, have one things, more thing yeah. you want to add to it. That was my short list of, of takes. Um, I will give you a quick, just because I'm, I'm reveling in uh, the Packer, the, the relative destruction of the Packers here. <laughs> Look, I don't get don't, to do it very often. And, don't and, get and, ahead of yourself. They're not going to suck this year. No, they're not going to suck this year. They never <laughs> seem to. But here are, I saw somebody tweeted me a, they compiled about a dozen draft experts and that did the grading, the letter grading. And the letter grading is always, always wrong. And I'm no, not, you know, it's I'm not the most accurate that. thing we do in sports media Correct. every year. Instant right. grade the draft. <laughs> Here's your Packer grades uh, across the board for 12 experts. C plus D, 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 B minus, D plus, D minus, D, D, C, C, D, F. <laughs> there were the grades. Even the C plus came from NFL.com. Wow. <laughs> Where I, they, it's all they can do. I had a flashback to my second semester senior year in high school with those grades. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that sounds familiar. What is that from? Oh, that's right. My last year as I had already been accepted to no, UC accepted. Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I know a little something about that. All right, uh, so, my, the typing class I never went to. So the Redskins yeah. picked in the fifth round this wide receiver, this kid named Antonio Golden or no, Antonio Gandy Golden. People like him out a of, lot. Out of Liberty. Now, AGG, yes. as they call him, this kid is a natural at everything, apparently. He's a gym, he can do gymnastics. He can do all these crazy roundoffs, backflips, you name it. Uh, he can solve Rubik's Cubes in like 30 seconds. He really? bowled, He bowled a 300 game without even putting his fingers in the ball. They showed the video of it at what? the bowling alley. Yeah, he really? just cradled it lefty and throws his big sweeping hook and then gets the 10 pin to fall. And they show the screen because it's all electronic scoring. 300. And he runs around the bowling alley all excited. Weird. He, and, and, and he looks like he can play football, too. Great body. Now, why did he last till the fifth round? Could it be the fact he went to Liberty? Possibly. Did we find something else nobody knows? I don't know. But he's an interesting prospect just because he's like a natural at everything, apparently. He is. He was, uh, I'm looking at his write-up right here. Uh, from age four until seventh grade, he was an elite gymnast yeah. working with the Jesse White Tumblers in Chicago. Wow. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, and by the way, with the receivers, you're increasingly, what do people always ask their receivers? Did he play basketball? They want the balls. They want the hand skills, the ball skills, the the things that translate to the other the other sports. It'll be fun. By the way, I'm here. I'm reading here. Possession receiver is what they're saying. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then I because I saw this, but I then left my computer for most of the day. Uh, Jameis Winston to New Orleans. Is that a done deal or still being That's, rumored? That is a done deal. In addition to the insane $21 million contract they're giving Taysom Hill. What? Holy cow. So I, for a gadget guy, 21 million. I mean, I, what, I, what, so wait, so what are they, so what is Taysom Hill's deal? Cause he was signed to an RFA offer, right? Um, restricted no, I free think agent. He was restrict, I think he was, I didn't think he was a restricted field. Did free they agent, just, so he got did they just, he, he got, okay. They just gave Taysom Hill a contract today on Sunday. 
today. And oh, I, guess, I didn't uh, see that. Okay, tell yeah, me what it is. Two years, two years, twenty-one million dollars, sixteen million guaranteed. It's a, it's an astounding amount of money for and a guy they had who's James Winston. seven passes, and they, then they go at Jameis Winston. Yes, oh, God. And what did Winston Unbelievable. get? What's Winston's deal? Um, I, let me look. I've, I'll see if I've got it here. I that you know that went down more recently. Let's wow. see here. I heard it was going to be a one year deal. That that is uh, what a room that is <laughs> with with Drew Brees riding out the last year. Is it? Is this his last year? Two. I, he did a two year deal, but a lot of people. It's I guess it's fully voidable after okay. this year. With and so you know both sides can walk away from it at the end of this year. All right, Taysom Hill way overpaid, and Jameis yes. Winston is like. All right. All right. What do you do, Drew? Oh, throw it to your own guys, not the other guys. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> That's how that works. Why didn't you tell me? I would have done that more often. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if, the, the beauty of it is there's no quarterback in the history of the NFL that has a lower interception rate over, you know, long careers than Drew Brees. So and that'll help. He, no guy he, with a he, higher interception rate than Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. That's right. <laughs> uh, no deal, no contract deal yet. It's, uh, it's being reported. They've got a one year deal, but they've only got three and a half million in cap space. So apparently they're mm. going to sign Jameis Winston mm. for nothing. And then there's this, I, I, I appreciate these young men trying to get into low levels of business with merchandise and gear and brand names, but this is another example of shit getting out of hand. Chase Young apparently is not just happy that he was the number two overall pick. He has filed a trademark for his brand name of gear. You want to really? know what he, you know what he has spent money to trade? Cause it costs money, a couple grand to trademark shit or trademark, file, sure. file it. Uh, Terrorize the moment. What? Terrorize the moment? <laughs> yes. What does that even mean? This, Terrorize. Sounds like, my, sounds like my prom. <laughs> Terrorize the moment. Terrorize the, the moment. moment. I'm going to, you know what? Um, when when we get done here, I'm going to head to the bathroom and terrorize the moment. Terrorize the bathroom. That's right. Uh, according uh, according to the weird. application, he hopes to use the phrase on everything from hats to hoodies, jackets, pants, coffee mugs, and more. Terrorize the moment. Uh, I have uh, I have a side story for you if you're ready to pivot away from the draft. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, let me kill the music. Uh, side story, right. then we'll One do music thing. out. Go ahead. All right, deal. Uh, we have talked on and off about me trying to do amateur electrical wiring in my house. Yes. How's it going? I passed the city inspection. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Charge. Yes. I'm feeling pretty proud of myself right now. And was there any snafus, any scary moments, anything um, you're like, ah, oh, shit, I got to redo this, this, and this. Um, there were there were some best practice stuff that I had missed that he told me about, but he said this is just best practice. Everything you've done is to code, okay. and I'm going to pass you, but you may want to do these couple of things. For example, give me one best practice thing he recommended. This is the inspector. So, yes, you know your outlets are your every outlet in your house is mounted to a stud, and when you most the temptation is to bring the wiring right down the stud into the outlet box, but when your drywallers come in and carve out the outlet box, you actually want to have the wiring a little bit removed from the stud. And it goes into an outside entrance point to the outlet. That's the kind of stuff, you know, little things like that that I hadn't really thought about. But, yes, I have successfully passed my electrical exam. Did I see this with you that it's now code to mount the triangles upside down 
on the outlets. Meaning the I, plugs I, I did not, upside I didn't down. I post that, but I've I've run into that as well. There are some places that are requiring yes. it upside so, down, right? Which is so, weird. It, totally weird. I mean, it doesn't matter, but it, it shouldn't. Would, it would buck the fuck out of me. Charge. I seriously, oh, I yeah. would look at it like that's not proper. Why is that thing? Why is the why is the penis hole up top and the two vaginas underneath? That's not the way it should be. Damn it. I'm not doing a tuck under around my whole house. The, and, you know, we've all been ritualized into putting the wider edge of the, you know, the prong on the left. Now it's upside down. So, I mean, every time it'd be annoying every single time you went to plug anything in, you'd have 50 years of human history of your, of your, of your life telling you to plug in the other way. And you'd get it wrong every time. You know what It'd I wanted? Like the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What I wanted it, to do was to be able to be standing behind you, screaming at you, Diatlov. AZ5. <laughs> Press AZ5. Dyatlov. <laughs> it's not bad. Not so good. Not so bad. Oh, I love it. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you. And, and you know what? I'm proud and envious of you because I don't have the stones to do it. You did. Congratulations. You are a junior electrician. I have not. Con- I now, keep in mind, I have not connected it to the panel yet. So oh. once I do that and I've actually got all that's in and it works, then we're going to pop, I'm going to pop some champagne. All right, very good. Charge, always a pleasure. Thank you, buddy. You're the best. Bye-bye. We agreed to, to say that. But- Love that guy. Hey, hey loser! All right, a couple things to end on. I ran my mile. Yes, this was the final challenge of our 30 Things in 30 Days Challenge on 97.3 The Game in our morning show. And I had said I was going to do it, and then it rained the day we were supposed to do it. And I was like, all right, I better fucking do it. Um, And I posted a video of it, but not on my main Twitter feed because I just don't want to deal with douchebags saying dumb shit. And I don't know if you want to see it. I would say the video is pretty creative. It includes drone shots. It includes some handheld GoPro shots. It's got some nice establishing shots. It's got some music on it as well. Maybe if you beg nicely, I'll post it to at Zabe. It is at Drunk Tom Morris, though, my other Twitter account, which is basically for our golf trips, at Drunk Tom Morris. So you can see it there. But at least I ran the mile, and uh, it's like 11 minutes and change. I did have to run a couple parts twice because I put the GoPro on the ground, and I ran past it to get the shot and then I'd stop and go back and pick it up. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was, you know, for a guy that's way out of shape and has not run in forever or done any cardio in a long time, not good, but maybe I'll start doing it more importantly. And this just came out of the blue on Sunday as it was seemingly darkest before the dawn. I am here to say with confidence I have figured out my chipping issues. Oh, yes, hallelujah. I've been uh, chipping for a couple hours a day for damn near six weeks now and trying everything like, okay, how about right shoulder back? Okay, how about open up the blade a bit? Okay, how about hands ahead? Okay, I've tried one-handed chipping. I tried chipping with my eyes closed and nothing was working. I finally figured it out. And I know you're going to say, well, what, give me the tip, Zave. I need to know the tip. What's, what is it? What's the miracle? It works for me. It makes total sense for me, but it won't mean anything to you. It's basically as I'm coming through, 
I'm thinking about letting my hands gently release while my hands are on my right thigh or behind the ball. I'm basically releasing my hands further back behind the ball. I think what I had been doing was trying to release my hands on top of the ball or too far forward. And so therefore it created a lot of last second chili dips and a lot of skull rockets because my hands were so far ahead that I couldn't release the club properly into the ball. So I don't know what I was doing on Sunday, but I was just kind of like, okay, what about this? And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, Oh, that feels, that feels good. And I just made great contact after great contact after great contact effortlessly. And I'm like, Holy shit. So the key is think of my right hands on my right thigh as I'm going to chip and let the club release from there. And it was, it was glorious. It was fun. I spent several hours just chipping and doing different chips, high chips, 60, 60 degree wedge chips, uh, little scooting runs with a gap wedge. Oh God. Golf season is going to be fun. That'll be a wrap for today. Thank you. Of course. Now I'm like, you jinxed it. You had to talk about it. Idiot. Thanks for downloading. Remember to get the Zavecast app. It is free. It helps you get Friday's subscriber edition. It is not free, but it's cheap. It's only 16 cents a day, and then you get five days of me, and that's where Notorious J.A.Y. has been hiding in his safe house behind the wall on Friday. So if that's me shamelessly trying to get you to subscribe, I would say guilty as charged. Rate and review so our algorithms bless us, and tell a friend who likes good podcasts. This is a good place to hang out every day for 30 to 45 minutes. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time.